0: the 18th of El is considered by Chassidim a Yontif. The Friedrich Rebbe said, Good Yontif on the 18th of El." What's so <clears throat> incredible about it? It's the day when the Baal Shemt and the alt Rebbe were born. Their birthday. Now, we don't really find the celebration of a birthday so much in, um, in the Torah. In fact, the first time we find celebration of a birthday is by Pari. It says in the Torah ter- that uh, Yehim <coughs> Yiml- says Pare, talks about the Pari's birthday. And uh, we do find something positive about birthdays regarding um, the Mishkan, for example. It says that the Mishkan was put up. It was ready to be put up earlier. But it was put up only in the first day of Nisan because that's when Yitzchak was born and the, Hashem wanted to connect the simcha of the, the erection of the Mishkan with the birth of Yitzchak We find the Meish Rabbeinu uh, Meish beinu his birthday caused the decree of Haman to be um, annulled his, Haman wanted to destroy the Jewish people in month of Adar because that's when Meish beinu passed away and the Gemara says You know Meish beinu was born so we find the, it, that the birthday of a tzaddik is considered something significant that's worth that celebrate that, that has a great impact on the world. But nonetheless, we don't really find that it, it was celebrated. We find the impact of this day, but not the celebration of it. Um, the Ben Ish Sephardim, actually we find Ben Ish Ben Ish writes about his birthday that it should be celebrated, but Ashkenazim. We don't find any idea any of celebrating birthdays. The opposite, um, by Ashkenazim, it was considered, it's considered like following the ways of the Goyim, the celebrated birthday. So, although the Gemara Yerushalmi says, on your birthday, it's mazali Gavar on your birthday, you have more mazal, but it wasn't always considered to be something that um, people didn't highlight it, people didn't celebrate it. Now, by Hasidim also, even among Hasidim, uh, people always knew about birthdays. Um, by the Rebbe for example Uh, the Rebbe writes in Hayom Yom on the 11th of Nissan in Tavshin Gimel that uh, 1943 that a birthday is a day to celebrate, a day you should do a Cheshmer Nefesh, make an accounting on yourself at the time the Rebbe wrote this actually, no one knew that the Rebbe's birthday himself was on the 11th of Nissan. but it's an interesting thing also uh, that if you count the letters of that Hayom Yom, it turns out that the letters of the Hayom Yom are exactly equal to the Rebbe's birthday that year. His birthday that year, Tashen Gim, was 42, which was the uh, uh, number of letters in the Hayom Yom. Whatever. Anyway, so... Um, it, it, and, and throughout the Rebbe's leadership, people would come to the Rebbe for an audience on their birthday. You would say your Tehillim for your birthday. So, so it's not like a birthday was a foreign thing to Chassidim, but it wasn't a day of celebration. It wasn't, it wasn't something that you did. It was a day that you. There were certain customs. You said you're Tehillim. You went in for an audience with the Rebbe, but it wasn't like a happy day of celebration until 1988, on the um, first birthday of the Rebbe Zunchei after her passing, when they began the campaign. Mamisha with a pirsum, with a task, with a whole tumul, that every person should celebrate their birthday. That everybody even expressed, if I remember correctly, that this is a way, the celebration of the birthday is a way to connect coal Beis all. There's something about this campaign of celebrating a birthday that, that it can reach everybody. My um, feeble understanding of how this could reach everybody is just everyone responds to that. You know, everyone responds, let's celebrate your birthday. It's something which, which which really could open up a lot of doors to a lot of people to their Yiddishkeit. Hashem says you should celebrate this day. This is a day that's special for you. It's it's, it's a very powerful message. Anyways, but that's the, that, that's the expression that we use. This it's it's a day. It's this this campaign of of birthday. Um, by the way, Machamar, I found front front row seats upstairs. You can come to my office. As FYI, if you're comfortable there, no problem. Okay, so. Um, so it wasn't a day... Else here? Just me and you. Just... Let's observe this downstairs. Yeah. So just the... Um, the um, <laughs> the idea of celebrating. It's a happy day. The only time we find this... In, in, in Yiddishkeit, the first time we find this... Is by the Baal Altreb. al celebrated their birthdays on the eighteenth of El, and the Balshantav himself uh, made a. He was a Chazan on that day. He made a meal, a special meal on that day. So that that was Shomalechem. Kashmir. So uh, <laughs> so we, we do find that um, only the first time that a birthday is celebrated is by the Balshemtiv. So on the surface. Why is the birthday of the Baal Shem Tev a day of celebration? Because Baal revealed Chassidus, he was a great tzaddik and he thought, taught us a new path in serving Hashem for all the Jewish people. So, it's not a, that the birthday is a celebrated, we're not celebrating birthdays, we're celebrating his birthday, because he was a unique tzaddik. We're celebrating the Rebbe's birthday, because he was a unique tzaddik. But it's not that we're celebrating birthdays in general. That's what it would seem. However, Based upon what Roshan taught that everything is by divine providence. <clears throat> so I was saying that it's not just that we're celebrating their birthdays. It's, it's the fact that the first birthday to be celebrated ever in Jewish history is cons- is the birthday of Baal Shemtev. I mean the Mesh yeah, it's a day that people do various customs on, but on the contrary, many people fast on his birthday. So today many people fast on his birthday, the day the Meisher passed away. Um, fasts on um, one day a year. And many times they fast on the seventh of other. So, so the birthday, as being a day of celebration, is first by the Bal Shem Tev. So, it's not that we're celebrating their birthdays because they were great sadikim. There's something more about this if by divine providence, the first birthdays to be celebrated are the birthdays of Rebbe, sorry, I'm not used to homo sapiens, I have to like, calibrate. <laughs> if the first birthdays that are ever celebrated in Jewish history are their birthdays, there must be something that's associated with who they are and what Hasidus does. There are many tzaddikim who, who, who brought new paths into Torah. The Rambam, you know, there's many tzaddikim who brought a new way of serving Hashem. The fact that it was their that their birthdays are the first ones celebrated means that there's something about what they introduced to Yiddishkeit that is that is the theme of what a birthday is. You hear a birth? If I would, in other words, what i saying is, if you were to use one word to describe what the Balshtans is, what the Alter is, what are they? They are the people who created something that's similar to birth. That's what they did. They they created the idea of birth. Period. And that's why we celebrate their birthday. So it's not just we celebrate the birthday of a great child, but we introduce a new path in the Yiddish We celebrate only their birthday, because well, birthdays the, the idea of celebrating a birthday began with them, because something about what they did is like a birthday, like being born. Okay, so what what is that? What exactly did they introduce that's similar to a birthday? What, 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 what is that special thing? So um, <clears throat> on the surface, when a, when a person's is born it would seem that it's not a day to celebrate. Because a lot of things, you lose a lot of things when you're born. Let's, let's look into a space on page of, uh, 212. In order to explain this, we first have to explain what exactly is... Why do we celebrate a birthday period? What's good about a birthday? What's good about a baby being born? Before a child is born, second column. When he is still in his mother's stomach He has all the limbs of of his body He has hair, he has his fingernails It's all there while he is still in his mother's stomach Not only does he have hair And does he have fingernails He could also do stuff He could eat, he could drink so he's able not just not just does he have the limbs of his body, they're already functional in the mother's stomach. not only also functional, but in certain details, the baby is stronger in the mother's stomach than he is after he's born. How so? While he's in his mother's stomach, he is protected from all harm automatically just by being in, through his mother after he's born he has to make an effort to guard his health he has to make an effort to protect himself to be complete he eats from what his mother eats and he drinks from what his mother drinks he doesn't have to do anything to earn Parnasseh doesn't does have to earn his livelihood in his mother's stomach he is automatically protected he doesn't have to make an effort to eat or drink he just eats whatever his mother eats he, eats, he drinks whatever his mother drinks but after he's born the, his uh, sustenance is through great uh, great toil and sometimes through pain the child may be pained in, in uh, trying to um, eat I guess if they eat lima beans sometimes uh, or whatever Uh or or just sit down and eat your dinner. You know, I don't want to eat my dinner. I, I already, there, there is um, there is an effort that's required to get the child to eat, and it's not always easy. That's if we talk about the Gashmi's. And Gashmi is some kind of deficiency that the child loses. He loses something by being in his mother's stomach. The Gashmi's, before he's protected, before he automatically has everything to eat, and now he loses something. How much more so you talk about the Ruchnias? While he is in his mother's stomach, it says there is a candle on his head, which means something spiritual, some kind of godly light is on his head. He could see from one end of the world to the other. And the Malach teaches him the entire tale So he's a big Lamdin. He's a very knowledgeable guy. He has Ruch HaKedash. He could see from one end of the world to the other. He has a revelation of gallingness. He's a, he, he he's doing really well over there. <speaking in Hebrew> when he comes into the world, <speaking> in <Hebrew> he comes into the air of the world, the malach comes and gives him a patch on his mouth, and he forgets the entire ter. <speaking in Hebrew> Later on, when he starts to talk, and then his father teaches him how to say Later <speaking> on, <in> he starts to talk, and then his father teaches him how to say so he learns Torah at 5, he learns Chumash, at 10, he learns Mishnah, until he turns 40, when he's able to complete his understanding of Torah, he has, he has a full faculties of understanding to be able to understand Torah uh, for him. And very few people reach the level of learning the entire Torah, the Alter actually writes in, t- in the laws of the Talmud Torah. He writes that everyone has to learn the whole Torah, and he tells you exactly what to learn. And but nevertheless, it all gives you a whole program how to do it. Many people actually achieve the um, study of the entire Torah. If so, a birth is a big uh, is a big um, setback from the from the situation he had while he was in his mother's stomach. So then what is the joy about? What are we celebrating? When he's in his mother's stomach, he has everything he needs, everything he needs physically, he has from his mother. Spiritually, he has everything, not just everything that he'll have later. He has things he'll never have later, but he has it all in his mother's stomach. He has the whole tater So what is the reason we celebrate the fact that a baby is born? Move on. You see it? Understand this by looking at the way the Torah defines a fetus versus the way the Torah defines a baby who is born. Before he's born, he's not considered a nefesh. He's not considered alive. He's not considered alive in the sense of same way his mother is alive of course the Torah says that abortion is more murder but nevertheless there is a different halach definition of the murder of the baby versus the murder of once the baby sticks his head out of his mother's stomach as long as he is in his mother's stomach if you have a baby who is his birth is causing the mother to, to die so the Torah says you should kill the baby to save the mother that's only as before he puts his head out. Why? Because he's not considered an nefesh. and not considered to have a separate life of his own. But Only when he puts his head out do we can call him a separate life. Then you're not allowed to kill him. Because even though the mother's life is in danger, we don't kill one person to save another person. So... Therefore you're not allowed to kill the baby even though the baby has just been born and the mother is thirty years old. You're not allowed to kill the baby to save the mother because the baby's alive in the same way the mother's alive. So at what point is he considered to be equal to the mother in being alive only once he puts his head out of the head out? So so what that teaches us is that he becomes a nephesh, he becomes a separate life only once he emerges from the mother's stomach. Paulo? Yeah, I mean I don't I am wrong what you're saying, but I don't see how it's connecting to the mystical birthday thing. Okay, let's we'll get to that. Okay. So Kulaymar Omnon Lubyesh M Kor Machivari Muna so that means while the fetus has all torn forty limbs and the fetus moves around, Achalav Nefesh will be still not considered a separate soul, not considered a live person. Why isn't he considered a Nefesh? What is the meaning of a nefesh? Okay, there's a little little mistake in the Hebrew over here. It's missing words in the Yiddish. Um, As long as he is a fetus, he is not considered a nefesh. What is a nefesh? A nefesh, let's say you have a, a bubble gum. So you blow a bubble into the uh, gum. So there's air, there's 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 breath, and there is uh, the gum. But the bubble gum and your breath don't become one. There's just two different things that one's affected by the other. Um, when a baby is in, his, is in his mother's stomach, the Gemara calls him uber The baby is considered part of the mother. It's not considered a separate entity. It's not considered alive. He's not alive. He's an extension of his mother's life. He's he's not alive at all. His mother is alive. His mother is alive, and therefore, there's and he's a and his mother is alive in him too. But he has, doesn't have his own independent life. He's not alive. It's kind of similar to the uh, breath in the uh, the bub- blowing the bubble and the bubble gum, where there's something that's that's something that's affecting something else, but it's not that there's something that that uh, retains and has. Its own, its own breath, its own life. There's something that's being affected in some way, but it's not. Doesn't have. Doesn't the soul of the baby does not become one with him until he's born. It's not his own soul. While he's in his mother's stomach, he is, he's part of his mother. So, what being alive means? Being alive means that there's a body. And okay, what, what's not, what, the, what what's the opposite of being alive? Opposite of being alive means that there is a body. And there is a soul that may be in the body, but it's not that they become one. Before the baby is born, yes, there is a, there is a soul, and yes, there is a body, but it's like an object that's put in a, ba- in a box. There's a soul that's put in a box. It's not the baby's own life yet. He, the soul doesn't become one with him, it's not his own soul. He's not considered an it's not considered his own life. He's just part of the mother. You follow or not? Am I saying this? It makes sense? There is a soul, there there, there is something in something else. There is, think of maybe a a, a toy car, electric car, you're moving the car with electricity, etc., but the car doesn't have any life on its own, it's just being moved, by by, you're pushing with, 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 with the electric current. The baby doesn't have its own life, the baby is just affected by the mother's life. But once he's born then he becomes alive it's not a body and the body has a soul that kicks it and moves it around now he is alive the body and soul become one his body is alive the body and soul are one by the fetus his life is not his own it's his mother's therefore he's not considered not considered alive that is the joy of a birthday at every year on that day a person transforms from being just a uh, part of his mother to becoming alive. He wasn't alive before. His mother was alive. He wasn't alive. When's your birthday by the way? Havzai. Havzai. move on. Okay, so now let's get the answer. So how does this guy feel Baal Shem? So it's possible for a person to keep tearing mitzvahs. I mean, he does. He's very observant. He puts in He puts in 24 hours a day let's say in Tz Yiddish. All day serve but it's something he does. It's something that he does, not him. He does Mitzvahs. He observes Mitzvahs all day long. It's all he does. But it's not that and he receives chayas from the terumah. The terumah gives him chayas. The mitzvahs give him chayas. But it's not. It's not that he himself is alive. He receives life force from the Mitzvahs. It's not him. Bal shemtiv made it possible for a yid to be alive in a mitzvah. That this, Hashem that, that, that revealed, you know, Hashem revealed He revealed nothing besides Hashem. So it's not like I am me. There's the Avish over there, and I am doing what He says to do. That that, that, that that's, that's like the fetus. There's a the mother, who, there's a the mother, and there's the baby, and the and the baby is affected by the mother. There's a Jew, and there's Hashem, and the Jew is affected by Hashem. The Jew does what Hashem tells him to do, but he's not alive in it. It's not it's not it's not that it, he himself is alive in Terumitz. He's just observing what Hashem tells him to do. Well Khzidis made it possible for a utilitarian to mitzvah and for that to be their life. That this mitzvah is is you. That reveals the of and you're not a from Hashem. That you, you're able to feel in the mitzvah that this is that this is your life, that this is who you are. It's not something else that you're doing. That this is what your life is. That your life is your yiddishka, your life is your mitzvah, your life is your tere. That's and that's why the Baal Shant and the um, were born that they we celebrate their birthdays because what they accomplished is the same similar to being born. They made it possible for a yid to be born. Made it possible for a yid to keep yiddishkeit, not just to keep it, but to make it their own. To, to be alive in it. That this, this is mamish their life. You follow? Kind of. Uh, I'm sure there'll be this like the uh, the birthday thing. Um, this the the baby. Um, look look at note 22 at the start maybe that will clarify stuff the baby his soul is not yet one with his body although the soul is in the body but it's not yet designated to him in a unique way when does the soul begin to come into you by your when. There, there's something that you may, you may have a soul but it's not your own soul. It doesn't become part of you. In a similar way that a bris causes the godly soul to become part of the body. In a similar way, before baby is born, the, the life the baby has isn't it isn't his own life. Look at Note 23. the um, the says, Ramban says, although a a fetus doesn't have his own neshama, since his growth depends upon his mother's neshama, still, if you take if you take the baby away, if you kill the baby while it's in his mother's stomach, it's like you take you're, you're taking his neshama from him, you're taking his mother's neshama from him. That's why it's still considered murder to kill a, a, a to do abortion because you're taking away the mother's life from him. It's also considered murder. Meiri says, you cannot say taking his neshama away until he's born. So there is a halachic question about what exactly is the the uh, status of the baby as it is a fetus, as it's born. But um, uh, there's something that seems to be lost when the baby is born. Why we, we're celebrating he has now his own life. Before he wasn't alive, now he has his own life. And so to an Yiddish guy, we'll see in the Rebs and explain in detail, but the general point of where we're going, and you don't have to understand it yet, but just where we're going is we're going to say how somehow Chassidus makes it possible for us to feel that we're not separate from our Yiddish guy, that, that that our Yiddish guy is us. There was a Tzaddik, I shared this story with you a month ago. I got the katalik's name, but he was so sick all he could have was the, was, was Milk and uh, this guy was taking care of him, so asked him, they well, how are you feeling? He said, I'm feeling great, Baruch Hashem. I wish my ruchnius was as good as my gashmius. You know this story? I wish my ruchnius was as good as my gashmius. The guy's like, you're yeah, not doing so good in gashmius. I hope your ruchnius is better than your gashmius. So he says, no, my gashmius is fantastic. What do you mean? He says, the milk that I have, it's me. I'm only like with this milk. This milk is me. I wish there was a mitzvah. I did this mitzvah. And I was, and I was the mitzvah. This mitzvah was my mitzvah. I felt this is, this is, this is, this is my life. So that's what Chassidism makes it possible to do. Is we'll see how, why and how the Jew should feel he's separate from the Torah, he's separate from the mitzvah. He's observing what God told him to do. But this is his. That, that, that he should feel there's nothing besides Hashem, and this is his life. We'll stop here.